Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord, only you can steal. My soul tests this morning. Lord, my soul tests to know you better this morning. Lord, I want to know you more and more. Lord, this morning, my soul longs for you. Father, thank you for a brand new day. Thank you, Lord, because this is the day that you made. Uh, This is the day that you gave to us. Lord, it is a day of rejoicing. It is a day of blessings. And so, Father, we say thank you. Thank you this morning for the gift of life. Thank you this morning for the gift of your mercies. Thank you this morning for the gift of your grace. We say receive all our thanks this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you for every single blessing in our lives. Thank you for our families, for our children. Lord, for those that are married, for for our spouses, we say thank you. Thank you for, for, for siblings. Father, we say thank you. Thank you for every good gift in our lives. We say, Lord, thank you. Receive all the praise in the mighty name of Jesus. This morning, we worship you as Jehovah Jireh. You are the one who provides. Yes, Lord, you provide and you supply all our needs. And Lord, because you watch over us, Lord, we have everything that we need. And so, Lord, from the depths of our hearts, we are grateful this morning. Be glorified in the name of Jesus. As we spend this time again in your presence, reading your word, we ask, Lord, this morning, speak to us once again. Help us learn in your presence and cause your name to be glorified in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. All right, let me say a big welcome to everyone joining in to devotion this morning. I am Morphe Eyenike. This morning, we begin a new book, okay? So the Bible is made up of short, small, small, smaller books, okay? So the Bible is one book, but that one book is made up of other little, little smaller books, okay? So you could just read, finish some books 10, 20 times in a year if you want, okay? Uh, Especially those that you feel uh, you have some connection with. It will speak to you. All of it is God's word. This morning, we begin a new book since we finished Philemon, the book of Philemon yesterday. Today, we begin a new book, the books, the book of Hebrews. Um, I promise you it's going to be interesting. Um, the book of Hebrews is one of those books that uh, can be a bit challenging in terms of interpretation. Okay, so the first thing to understand about the book of Hebrews is to understand origin. Okay understand the origin, understand the period about which it was likely written, and then to whom it was written, okay? So immediately you will you would understand this book better. Um, its authorship is a big problem, okay? So you will notice every time as we read through the epistles, I always confirm something that look about Paul's style of writing, okay? So when you read through the book of Hebrews, you would know straight away that 
Paul was not the writer of this book. Paul was not the writer of this book. There is only one scripture in Hebrews chapter 2 that makes it look like Paul okay was likely the writer of this book but beyond that scripture and like some would agree that scripture could easily have have been referring to someone else other than Paul okay apart from the fact that Paul wrote, wrote so many letters and that's why the earlier scholars initially felt that look Paul was likely the writer of this book but I disagree, okay? Um, this, the book of Hebrews, was likely written either by Apollos or Barnabas, okay? Um, someone who had a good understanding about the bridge between Jews and Greeks or Gentiles, okay? Um, could speak to Gentiles, because, uh, to Jews, because really, if you look at the book, it is it was written to either Jews themselves directly or you could say second generation Jews or Jews that were not living. This letter was likely addressed to Jews living somewhere, most likely in Rome. And then considering that Paul was in Rome at a particular time, we know he was in prison, you know, during that period when he wrote the book of Colossians, Philemon, you know, Philippians, you know, Ephesians, you know, and that's why it's, it's attributed to him. But beyond that, uh, no. So, um, Barnabas will easily qualify. Barnabas, considering his sound knowledge and explaining to the Jews together with Paul when they began their missionary missionary journey um, Barnabas was very rich okay so whoever wrote this book was um, was likely well educated and again another reason why Paul was suggested uh, but Barnabas will fit that 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 uh, the profile also and naturally obviously Apollos okay so uh, but I would say definitely not Paul. Uh, Paul starts all his letters. There is a Pauline way of writing. Starts all his letters in a unique way and ends them in a unique way. Okay, starts with the grace, ends with the grace. Okay, you don't have that in the book of Hebrews. And also the style of writing is is different. The style of writing looks um, um, more like... um, um, an educator writing, writing to students, you know, that's not Paul's, Paul's style, you know, of building, of building things. You will see it as we, as we go through the books. But a few things that help us know, okay, who likely wrote this book and the occasion on which they are writing, it is very likely, very, very likely that, okay, this was not one of the 12 apostles, okay? How do we know that it is not one of the 12 apostles? Uh, there is one verse Eden, you know, just stylishly Eden in Hebrews chapter 2 verse 3, it says that so what makes us think we can escape if we ignore this great salvation that was first announced by the Lord Jesus himself and then delivered to us by those who heard him speak so very very likely it, this person is saying that it was delivered to them, okay first it's they, Jesus, it was likely they were around when Jesus was speaking, but they were not among the twelve. It was delivered to them by those who directly had Jesus speak. Again, this would easily fit into Paul, Apollos, and Barnabas. Okay, um, very very likely. But I said because of the style of writing, 
I would not I would not pick I would not pick Paul at all. Um, the book of Hebrews um, Hebrews has um, some not not too long. The book is, is it's a very very short very short book with us 13 chapters. So what we do is take two chapters every day and then um, for today we'll take one chapter okay one chapter. So let's just finish with finish with the introduction. So that's the first one. We know that this person is likely a second generation a no believer, okay, or at least was not one of the twelve. That that is clear. They received it from from um, from from those who had Jesus speak directly. That's one. Uh, number two, it's also the way the person talks about the temple. Okay, it also helps us understand when the book of Hebrews was likely written. Um, when the person talks about uh, the temple talks about the the day of atonement you know that this person is well versed you know with with the jewish ceremonies and all and all of that and speaks about the fact that that this temple is still standing okay so that tells us also that the temple had not been destroyed when this when the book of hebrews was written and if the person is um well versed in in jewish culture and Jewish ceremonies, then most likely again fits Apollos, uh, Barnabas, and maybe Paul. Again, the Pauline style of writing does not go along with this. Okay, so as we read through the book, I'll continue to bring out different things to help us understand who wrote the book. However, it is certain that it was written, okay, uh, by um, one of those who at least the second generation second generation are believers and they clearly they clearly were inspired by the holy spirit to write this all right please get your bibles let's read the book of hebrews 13 chapters two chapters every day today we take chapter one in chapter one you know uh, the writer compares or tells us that jesus is greater than any of the angels okay and there are great mighty angels Lucifer himself was an angel, what we will refer to as the devil. And then you have the archangel, the angel of, of the nation of Israel, the archangel Michael. Okay? And then you have angel Gabriel and other angels. He says that Jesus was greater than all of them. Okay? And then you, he compares Jesus also, the son compares him with Moses. And so that's why you know that this was written to the Jews. Because the Jews held moses as the greatest prophet god gave them okay and moses himself told them that look another prophet was going to come and they should listen to him so it paints the picture of moses being greater and sorry the son jesus being greater than moses himself and then from there you know um continues continues to write another thing about the book of hebrews okay so there's one scripture eating away I think it is in Hebrews chapter 12 where it tells them that they have not resisted unto blood, striving against sin. So it is very likely that the book of Hebrews was written about the period when the emperor Nero was killing Christians right, left and center. Christians were being, you know, were being they, would, they would put star on them and then they would be burning them on the streets. Christians were, Christians were being, were being, you know, 
crucified for sport. They were being fed to animals. That emperor was, and I'm sure there's a special place in hell, in hell for him. You know, uh, where they were being killed right, left, and center. And so, um, obviously, the, the emperor accepted the Jewish culture, okay? Accepted the Jews. Uh, so for a lot of them, returning back to Judaism, okay, was a safety net. It was a safety net. If you if they caught you and you said you were a Jew, they would not kill you. You say you are a Christian, okay, which they were saying is a cult. Remember there was one time Paul said said that the Jews were accusing them of creating a new cult. Okay? So if you were caught as a Christian, uh uh-huh, you are either, you know, if you if you were killed immediately, that's that's maybe one of the easiest deaths you will receive. He said that you were fed to lions, drag on the streets to die, and all that. So, tucked away in Hebrews chapter 12, the writer says that you have not resisted unto blood, striving against sin. And I think the greatest sin he is saying is you returning back to your vomit and returning back, you know, to you know, to the safety of being a Jew or the safety of of whatever life brings he says no okay hold on and the book of hebrews will bless you okay so in chapter one we see the comparison between jesus uh jesus and the angel please get your bibles let's read this morning hebrews chapter one jesus christ is god's son he says long ago long ago god spoke many times in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets you need to understand this in the Old Testament, God spoke in many ways. Many ways. God spoke, you know, in the Garden of Eden. God spoke, you know, through the cherubims that gathered that that gathered the garden after Adam and Eve sinned. You know, um, spoke through angels. Spoke in the burning bush. You know, to Moses. You know, spoke with the mouth of a donkey to the prophet, to the prophet Balaam, spoke in different ways, wrote on the wall, and writing on the wall. God spoke in many ways. Has that God changed? No. God still speaks in many ways today. However, listen, it says long ago, God spoke many times. And in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. Okay? So the prophets were there to help them interpret, and God will speak to through to them also through many prophets. But in verse 2, it says that and now in these final days, he has spoken to us through his son. So in the old testament, God spoke in many ways. But the interpretation, if you wanted to understand what God was saying, you went to the prophets. He's telling us that in the last days, in the New Testament, God speaks in many ways. You want to understand God, you look at the Son. Actually, the Son is how God is speaking to us. Not just spoke to us, He's speaking to us even in the... speaking to us in the new testament you cannot everything god says you must look at through the lens of the sun it's as simple as that and now in these final days he has spoken to us through his son 
God will not speak in any other way. However, it's like the sun is the filter. Hmm? The sun is the lens, is the glasses through which you see God. Okay, Any other thing, I'm telling you, will, will lead you in error. There are churches that have been built on the Old Testament, trying to still look back at how God spoke in many times, you know, spoke in different ways, trying to use the Old Testament in order to try to understand God. You will end up in error. God is speaking has spoken clearly to us. He's still speaking today, but he will only speak to us through the lens, uh, through, the, through his son. He says God promised everything to the son as an inheritance. If everything is promised to the son, there is no other person that you can go to. And that's why Jesus says that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the father unless through me. Why? Because God gave the Son everything. God promised everything to the Son as an inheritance. And through the Son, He created the universe. The entire universe was created through the Son. And that is why when John spoke about Jesus, he said, In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. It was through the word that God, by the word, that God created everything. Hallelujah. He says God promised everything to the Son. The Son, of course, is Jesus as an inheritance. And through the Son, he created the universe. He says the universe. It does not say the earth or the heavens. Okay? Even if he says the heavens, then that, that makes up the the unseen universe you know so, so whether there are new planets being found the universe whether there are aliens everywhere anywhere the universe god created everything he says the sun radiates now listen the sun radiates god's own glory and expresses the very character of god and he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command hallelujah now, see, that is heavy. Let's read that again. The sun radiates, Jesus radiates God's own glory. In the Old Testament, nobody could approach God. Nobody could approach God. The closest person that came to see, to see God was Moses. The closest person that came to seeing what God was like was Moses. Moses was like, Lord, let me see you. God said, if you see me, you will not, you can't leave. Okay? Because if you see me, the minute you see me now, <laughs> you will create an idol out of me. No one can see me and leave. Okay? So God told him, I'm going to cover you with the cleft of my hand. And then my glory will pass by you. And then when my glory has passed, uh, you, you might see the fringes of my glory, but you cannot see me. Now, the Bible tells us that Christ radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. In other words, when you look at the Son, you are looking at the Father. He radiates it. He reflects it. If you see Jesus, you have seen the Father. And that was why Jesus was telling Thomas, 
when Jesus was about to go, Jesus was telling them he was going to be crucified and they were very, they were very, very sad. Okay, ah, you mean everything that we have been doing this last three and a half years is about coming to an end and everything. Anyway, we've been following you all this time and everything. Please don't show us the father. And uh, Jesus was like, ah, Thomas, Thomas, and the rest of them, Philip, everybody. Have I been with you this long and you still don't know me? If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Why? The Son radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. That's one. It says, And He sustains everything by the mighty power of His command. That's the Son, not God. The Son radiates and reflects God. The Son sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. And that's why when Jesus declares a thing, it is so. Oh, oh. when Jesus commands it, because he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command, when he declares a thing, it is so. Since when he had cleansed us from our sins, he sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic, of the majestic God in heaven. When Jesus presented his sacrifice, his sacrifice cleansed us from our sins. Listen, whether it is the sin that you have committed today, the one you committed yesterday, the one you will commit if you are still alive 30 years time, Jesus paid the full length of everything. Okay, so that's not a liberty to sin. That is a liberty to live for Jesus. Hallelujah. Okay, so when he he had fulfilled that he sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic god where all his enemies have been put under under his footstool amen verse 4 says this shows that the son is far greater than the angels just as the name god gave him is greater than their names god gave him a name that is above every other name that at the mention of the name of jesus philippians chapter 2 every kneel should bow whether there are things on the earth, things in the heaven, things under the earth, every tongue must confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of the Father. So Jesus is greater than any angel. He is greater than Lucifer. He is greater than the devil. He is greater than any angel God created. He says, just as the name God gave him is greater than their names, Jesus. It is the reason why demons tremble when we call that name. When we call that name Jesus, demons tremble. When we call that name Jesus, I'm telling you, devils scream uh, because his name is greater than their name. Uh, let's go on. It says, The Son is greater than the angels. It says, For God never said to any angel what he said to Jesus. What did he say to Jesus? Remember, at Jesus' bar far, he said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. He says, You are my Son. Today I become your father. That is what God said to the son. Psalm 2 verse 7. You are my son. Today I have become your father. God also said, I will be his father and he will be and he will be my son. Samuel chapter 7 verse 14. I will be his father and he will be my son. Says, and when he brought his supreme his supreme son into the world, God said, let all the angels worship him. 
eh? let all the angels worship him so i know that the concept of trinity is going to be difficult for most of us to understand and i always encourage christians there's no need arguing over this okay god has chosen that the world will see him through christ it is god who chose that okay the almighty god chose that the word that the son will reflect him in other words if you looked at the son you were actually looking at god himself okay it's as simple as that it was god who gave him a name that is above every other name that at the name of jesus every nail should bow everything it was god okay so don't argue or struggle with the concept of trinity uh, jesus while he was on earth accepted worship no one could eh? no one could in the bible in the old testament new no one could accept worship jesus people worshiped jesus and it was fine it wasn't blasphemy because it was god who gave him that glory angels don't accept worship you see you read through the bible every time every, you know people try to worship angels the angels will stop, will, will stop them because no one else can receive worship but the son who reflects the glory who is the physical representation of god of the godhead himself can receive worship it says let all the angels worship him if all the angels worship him what is our own human beings <laughs> let all the angels worship him verse 7 regarding the angels he says he sends his angels he sends his angels like the wind his servants like flames of fire i'm telling you angels are powerful they are powerful angels okay but that's not the topic the focus of our discussion this morning he sends his angel like wind, his servants like flames of fire. But to the sun, he says, your throne, O God, talking to the sun, your throne, O God, endures forever and ever. You rule with a scepter of justice. You love right justice. Sorry, I almost went to New King James. You love justice and hate evil. You love righteousness and hate iniquity. You hate wickedness. You love justice. It is the son he's talking to. But to the son, he says, Your throne, O God, O God, capital letter G, endures forever and ever. Your, your, you rule with a scepter of justice. You love justice and hate evil. Therefore, O God, your God, has anointed you pouring out the oil of joy on you more than on anyone else hallelujah it was because jesus loved righteousness and hated iniquity that was why god anointed him with the oil of gladness above his fellows above anyone else verse 10 he also says to the son in the beginning lord you laid the foundation of the earth and made the heavens with your hands they will perish but you remain forever they will wear out like an old clothing you will fold them up like a clock 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 and discard them like old clothing but you are always the same you will live forever the son will live forever it is only the son eh? just like the father so that's a lot of verses put together psalm 102 verse 25 to 27 you will find that you know all all of that just mushed up together there 
He says, look, all of them, they will wear out. Everything God created, they will soon be gone. Even us, eh? Even we always say, well, you know, our souls are eternal. We, I don't know. When we get to heaven, we'll find out that concept. Only God truly is eternal, okay? He has no beginning. We have beginnings, okay? At least we were created. <laughs> we have beginnings. He does not have a beginning. And he does not have any ending, okay? So, well, we'll find out more as we as we get to time. It says you will live forever. Only him, the son, will live forever. And God never said to any of the angels, sit in the place of honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies, making them a footstool under your feet. It was to the son that God said that. That's Psalm 1, 110 verse 1. Okay, so you see the way this person has a good understanding of the book of Psalm. Verse 14, let's read the final verse and then we talk. It says, therefore, angels are only servants, spirits sent to prepare, to, to care for people who will inherit salvation. Okay, stop all this worship of angels. Angel Michael, angel Uriel, angel Gabriel, angel this, angel that, angel that. People worship angels today. You go to churches and it's angels, 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 angels. What are you talking about? The sun is the one who reflects the glory of God, not any angel. I'm see, I'm so don't make any mistake this morning. If you ever encountered an angel, you will worship them. I promise you. If you meet an angel today, you will be awestruck. You will go down on your knees. And you will want to worship them. It has nothing to do with them because they are beings. The writer here says that look, they are only servants. They are spirits sent to care for people for for people who will inherit salvation. However, because they stay in the presence of God, because they they gradually, you know, uh, the Yorubas have this proverb that look, uh, the longer the, the leaf stays with the soap, it becomes like the soap. The, the more time they are spending in the presence of God, when you encounter them, they reflect God's glory. But that glory fades. Okay? Just like Moses, whenever Moses went into the presence of God, the glory will fade. But when people saw him, they wanted to worship him. That's why they turned Moses into a god. And so today people turn angels into God. But their own glory will fade. The sun's glory does not. Because the sun is the physical representation of the Father. Hallelujah. Ha. Okay, so let's get ready to go this morning. I don't know whether you were blessed by that. I was super blessed. Understand something this morning. You want to understand the Father? Look at Jesus. Don't look at anyone, okay? Don't look at um, any other being. Don't look at any other angel. You know, don't look at the Old Testament. You want to understand the Son? Look at Jesus. Look at the New Testament. Look at the covenant. Remember, he says that when Jesus had sat down, you know, went to present his sacrifice before God, he sat down. That was the new covenant. Okay? So you want to understand God today? Please look at Jesus. Is greater than any angel, is greater than some of the greatest angels. God, you know, we see in the Bible the, the Lucifer who, who fell away from glory, Gabriel, Michael, he is greater than all of them. 
and so he is worthy of praise he is worthy of worship this morning i want us to worship the one who is the son who reflects the glory of the father father we thank you this morning for giving us the son we thank you this morning for giving us jesus jesus we declare this morning we praise receive all our our worship this morning in the name of jesus lord i ask glorify yourself in the life of your people and help us lord fully apply the lessons we are learning we give you all the praise in jesus mighty name we pray amen all right thank you so much for listening today god bless you enjoy your day